the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word. Father, open eyes, illuminate hearts. Do what only you can do in this time of study today, and I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. And all of us, wherever we are across the globe, we say amen. Well, we are on the final stop of the Romans Road. And uh, on the first stop uh, on our journey on the Romans road, we discover who needs salvation from Romans chapter three and verse 23, where he says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So who needs salvation? All of us. On stop number two and three, uh, we discuss why do we need salvation and how does God provide it? And we went to Romans chapter six and 23, where it says the wages of sin is Death. Now, in the Bible, death does not mean the, the ceasing to exist, but it's our existence apart from God. Death is really being separated from God. And the reality is creation will give account to our creator. Every sunrise and every sunset is just another chance and another opportunity for us to turn back to God. The wages of sin is death, but God, but God, but God, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The law of the Lord and God himself are perfect. And all of us have defied that law in some way at some time. In fact, the Bible says we are by nature children's wrath. So just our very nature uh, is, is, is in some respects an abomination to the things of God. So all of us are deserving of, of, of punishment. If God, though, I want you to think about this, lets imperfect people into heaven, heaven will soon become a mirror of our fallen earth. There'll be war, there'll be greed, there'll be theft, there'll be hate, there'll be insecurity and all the other things that come along with sin, etc. So in the Bible, and the New Testament is very clear about this. God not only forgives us, he changes us. Let's look at that. And we're going to get uh, back on the Romans road. It's going to take me a little while to get there. But let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and, and 17. Paul is speaking by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So when you are born again, some translations say born from above. 
what God does in that moment is he recreates the, the immaterial spiritual part of you or your spirit. Let me digress a little bit. Hebrews 12 and 22. Stay with me. We're going to learn some things from God's word today. But you have come to Mount Zion. That whole chapter is talking about Sinai versus Mount Zion. Now we no longer live at Mount Sinai where Moses gave the law and people in the old covenant went to, to meet God. It's the same God, just different covenants. But you have not come to Mount Zion. Now Mount Zion, that this, most of us wouldn't know this, but Mount Zion is the mountain on which Jerusalem sits. This is the mountain that Jesus was crucified on. And now we no longer meet God at Sinai. We meet God at Mount Zion. Uh, Golgotha was on Zion because we meet God at the cross. And to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Now we see um, since Calvary, Mount Zion is forever associated with heaven. The, the cross is pretty much God's wooden ladder bridging earth to heaven once again to an innumerable company of angels. Now, I'm going to withhold comment because time is going to get away from us this morning, and I know everyone wants to eat. Uh, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. Watch this. This is New Testament. To God, the judge of all. This is very important. God remains a judge of all, even in the New Testament. The only difference in the New Testament is that God has satisfied all claims of justice against those who believe through the death of his son on the cross. Watch this part. To the spirits of just men, there's that word just. The Bible says we've been justified just as if I'd never sinned. The spirits to, and we're justified, by the way, by faith. To the spirits of just men, watch this, made Perfect. Now, this is what I need you to see today. This is very, very important. Heaven is a place only for people whose spirits, pay attention, have been made perfect. Salvation is about being forgiven, but it's mostly about being changed. Because we're forgiven, God changes us. Because we're forgiven, God creates or recreates a right spirit, a new spirit. In us. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Now you just saw that Mount Zion, which is, is the way God refers to, to his heavenly kingdom now and, and everything that's in the kingdom of heaven is only for the spirits of just men made what? Perfect. So only perfect people go to heaven. Therefore, watch this. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now, I had the same hands and feet 10 minutes before I got saved that I had 10 minutes after I got saved. They're just 10 minutes older. What changed? In that moment, God became the father of my spirit. And in my spirit is where I look most like my dad. Now, my body may not look like it. All my behavior may not look like it. But in my spirit, I look just like daddy God. Hebrews 12 and 9. Listen to what the writer says here. He says, furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us for our faults. Now, I know I'm moving quickly. I'm going to slow down a little bit. I want you to 
stay with me and stay with what the Bible is teaching us. So our human fathers, they all corrected us. Why? Because we needed correction. And we paid them respect for it. Now, it seems that, you know, country, this country doesn't allow fathers to really lean anymore. Daddies are, are, are jokes. Uh, but uh, in Bible times, and the way God intends it, dads need to be part of their children's life. And, and dads need to, to learn to say no, to say yes, to comfort, but, but also sometimes to, 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 to guide uh, their, their people, uh, their children. And our kids will grow up to respect us for it. They may not like it, but they will respect us. Now, I heard some of the kids turn off their computer right there. Then it says, shall we not much more, if we do this with our natural daddies, shall we not much more readily be in subjection to, watch this, the father of spirits and live? So what is God the father of our spirits? This is why we could do such dumb things with our bodies. We can go such wrong places sometimes in our minds, in our intellect, in our emotions, even though God is our father. And sometimes our body goes there, our soul goes there, our mind goes there, but the spiritual part of us groans each time we go because it's our spiritual part. Some people say the spirit's part of the soul. It's the part of the soul that that, that gets uh, redeemed. I'm not sure. Some people say the spirit is, is separate from the soul. I'm not sure. There, but what I do know is my spirit looks just like daddy God. If I have been born again, God doesn't create junk and God would not create something imperfect because he's a perfect God. Man had to mess up in the garden for things to become less than perfect, but he created Adam perfect. He created the earth perfect. So if you are a new creation, God did not create you broken. Your spirit looks just like God. Your spirit is perfect according to scripture. It says, if anyone is in Christ. Now, you know, if you were in Noah's boat, you got saved from the wrath or the water, the flood that was in the world. So what God is saying, get on my boat, get on the Jesus boat, get on the Christ boat. If you get into to, to the ark of safety that's in Christ Jesus you can also uh, float above all the judgment you may deserve or the judgment that is to come. If anyone is in Christ, in the boat with Christ Jesus, watch this. He is a new creation. According to scripture, God creates your spirit anew. And since God is a spirit and heaven is spiritual, what do you think God's most concerned about? He's most concerned about our what? Spirits, because one day, uh, unless the Lord, uh, you know, if the Lord tarries, we're going to lay down our bodies. Our bodies are not going to heaven. Uh, our spirit uh, is going to go to heaven in our, 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 our soul. And it's, it's only the perfect part of us that will be there. But one day the Bible speaks of the day that our bodies will be redeemed and we will put on uh, immorality and we will have resurrected bodies. And the Bible calls that the resurrection. And at that time when we are resurrected, we will be able to re- relate physically to the temporal or, or let's put it the physical world uh, as well as the spiritual world simultaneously, just as the resurrected Jesus did. And he says, old things, now you're a new creation, but he's like, let, let me say this in the positive and in the negative so you understand uh, the fullness of what's being said. He's a new creation. 
Old things have passed away. Now, this is an echo of Isaiah chapter 43, and I think verse 18, where it says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the old. Behold, I will do a what? New thing. So what used to be uh, uh, is really irrelevant because God uh, makes all spiritual things about you new. Your spiritual reality is totally brand new, may have the same body, may have the same memories, but that spiritual part of you is brand spanking new. Behold, all things have become new. Now, people will, will die. Some people will kill for a new car. Uh, some people will die. Some people will kill for a new house. Some people will kill for just a, a new pair uh, of shoes. But Jesus died so that you and I can become new. Now, last week, we, we talked about uh, how we receive salvation, and we went to Romans, the Romans wrote, chapter 10 and, and 13, where he says, all who or everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This week, we're going to move to our final stop, and we're going to talk about the benefits of salvation, the benefits of salvation. But as we've been doing all series, we're going to back in to the book of Romans. We're going to start in the gospel. Uh, Luke chapter 8 and verse 26. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. Now, Jesus spent most of his uh, ministry in Jewish settings. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Jewish people uh, in large measure put away idolatry, uh, very different than, uh, you know, uh, the Jews of, of much of the, the, the Old Testament. But on this trip, he intensely went into a predominantly Gentile area. I mean, this area was so non-kosher, if you will. It had uh, swine or pigs feeding on, on a hillside, and no animal was more disgusting to Jewish sensibilities than a pig. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. Can anyone identify with this man? You've been struggling with a few personal demons for, for more than a minute. It's been going on for a long time. You know, some of us have been fighting with demons so long, in fact, in our lives, we, you know, you kind of gave up and now you're fighting on, on the same side. But listen, we need to learn to resist the devil and he will flee from us. And this man was in a, a battle and uh, we're going to see when he saw Jesus, he, he runs to Jesus. He wants to get free. Something inside him was crying for freedom. But these demons kept assaulting him and oppressing him. Let's go on. And he wore no clothes, nor did, I want you to imagine a man with no clothes running at you. This is a serious scene. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. Now, his demons here had turned him literally into a beast. He was living like an animal. The demons within him totally humiliated him and, 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 uh, he, he lost and he, they took all of his dignity. And this is what the devil wants to do. He wants us to lose all of our dignity. He, he wants us to, to, he wants to humiliate us. He wants to degrade us. You know, it, it starts off innocent, but ultimately he wants us down in the muck and in the mire. He wants to totally wipe us out and take the image, what's left of the image of God in us and, and totally decimate it. But when he saw Jesus, again, Mark 5 and 6 says that he actually ran toward Jesus. But I want you to see here that, you know, every other person, when they went through this region, when they saw this man, they ran in the opposite direction. 
But when this man saw Jesus, he ran toward Jesus and Jesus was the only man that did not run away. And God's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of your problems, not afraid of your issues. Your issues are not too hard, not too difficult for Jesus. And he fell down before him and with a loud voice, this, I mean, this is acrimonious situation. The guy is running. The guy is sweating. The guy smells. He doesn't bathe. He's naked. His hair is matted. And, and then he, he, he falls down in front of him. And, and that's, you know, real demonstrative. And he's shouting. He's yelling. And he, with a loud voice, he said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Have you ever opened your mouth and, and your demon spoke instead? Of you, I mean, you, you were trying to be kind, you were trying to be positive, but before you can think about something on the inside of you, spoke up. May it be the Holy Spirit and not a demon like like this man. And then he said, "I beg you, do not torment me." You see, this demon spirit knew who was boss. You may not know who is Lord, but the devil knows who is Lord. And that's why he doesn't want you to know, because when you discover that Jesus is Lord, you will start taking authority over the devil. So again, the, the devil here knew who, who, who the Lord was. And, and you know, the, the devil in someone else is never greater than the God in you and me. For he had commanded, he had what he'd recommended, he counseled. No, he had what commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. So Jesus spoke to the spirit behind what was happening. The, the thing that was motivating the man. And we think that it's the person or the person that's causing us the, the pain. Um, you know, we, we, we kind of wrestle against flesh and blood and we, 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 we try to deal with, with, with the person, but it's really the spirit that's manipulating the person that's causing all the damage. For it had often seized him. So we see here, it says often, which means it was intermittent, meaning he had seasons of calm, but then fits of rage and bouts of depression. His life was a literal roller coaster and Jesus wanted to set this man free and Jesus wants to set you free. And he was kept under guard. He was a danger to everyone around him, including himself, bound with chains and shackles and he broke the bonds and was driven by what? Demons. Driven by what? Demons into the wilderness. Satan's goal is always isolation. It's always to separate the little sheep from the flock. Why does the devil fight us this way? Because he knows if two or three of us uh, would agree as touching anything, it shall be uh, done by our Father which art in heaven. He understands the scripture sometimes better than, than we do. And, and by the way, we all know what happened next. We've studied these scriptures before. Um, Jesus cast out the legion of demons that was in this man. and. Uh, also, that the demons went into a herd of pigs, and then immediately those demons committed suicide. They ran off the cliff and drowned. So be aware of the origin of evil thoughts. We see the fruit of what these demons want to accomplish. They want to destroy you, and if they won't, uh, if, if you won't let them destroy you, because this man uh, didn't let that happen, obviously, uh, he, he will kill you. But the pigs were not strong-minded enough to resist the adversary on this point. So when those thoughts or if those thoughts ever come, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist those thoughts. Pray through. Talk to God about those issues and those thoughts that may be coming to your mind. And God will will be a present help in trouble. He'll walk you through that moment and give you the strength you need. Verse 35. 
Then people, the townspeople heard about it and they went out to see what happened. And I, I can imagine 2000 pigs jump off a cliff. You know, I, I can't blame them for being curious. And, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had departed. Now watch this. He was sitting, this is the crazy man. People were scared to pass this way because this man was so violent, so dangerous. He'll start screaming at you, throwing rocks at you. He'll, he'll try to grab you, he'll try to hurt you. Uh, they even sent animal trainers, the Bible teaches in other places, to try to tame this man, but no one could tame this man. So no one passed this way. So when they heard that this man was free and that these demons went off the cliff, uh, they, 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 they came to see. It says here, and they saw this man sitting at the feet of Jesus. Watch this. And in his right mind, salvation can help you get your sanity back. It will get your dignity back. And it also help you keep your clothes on. That's important. Our sanity, though, we see in this verse, is more connected to our spiritual state than we ever imagined. And this brings us now to the fifth stop on the Romans road. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. This is a, a scripture worthy of memorization. Therefore. Having been past tense, for those of us that believe this has already occurred, for those of you that are about to believe and about to surrender, uh, this verse uh, will be for you in just a moment. Therefore, having been justified, justified never sinned, by what? Faith. Because of my faith in what Jesus did at the cross, I am justified. It's just as if I had never sinned before the Almighty God. He wipes, he wipes my slate clean. He no longer spiritually sees my sin and he treats me as if I am Jesus himself, perfect, pure, and clean. Therefore, having been justified by faith, here's the result of faith and justification. We have peace with God through my good works. No, through me getting better, doing better. No, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Yes, I will get better. Yes, I will do better. Yes, what's true of me in the spirit will work out into my soul and you'll begin to see it in my body. But we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ because he paid the debt on the cross. We no longer have to run from God like uh, they, they call him the madman of Gadara, like this man that had a legion of demons, a legion of problems, a legion of unresolved issues, we can run to him. No problem is too big. No problem is too small. It says, therefore, having been just past tense, I'm not trying to get justified. I have been justified if I have met Christ at the cross. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning the war is over. God is not out to punish you. Uh, he, he's trying to bless you. Uh, God does If God was trying to get you, you'd be got by now. God's trying to look for reasons to, to, to reward you. He, he's working on you. So when you go to eternity, you're not just kind of making it in. There are great rewards for you when you get to the other side. This is why we sacrifice. This is why we serve. This is why we give. This is why, you know, we tie all these things is because we are looking forward to our reward. And also we want others to enter the kingdom. We want to get behind the gospel message while we're alive so we can reach and bring with us as many people as possible. Romans eight and one. This is another favorite uh, Bible verse that you should also commit to memory. 
There is therefore now, right now, not when you get it better, after you've trusted Christ at the cross, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in the boat, who are in Christ Jesus. Noah and all of his sons and his son's wives and Noah's wives were saved because they were in the boat. And they were, they, 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 they floated above the condemnation and the judgment that was in the world. And God, though we're in the world, we're not of the world and we're not to receive the world's condemnation. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, God disciplines his children at times, but his discipline is always constructive. It's never destructive. His, his discipline is always redemptive, redemptive. It's never punitive. Um, just as you know, uh, God's kingdom's greater than the, than than all, uh, all all that we have in America. You know, j- just as double jeopardy is 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 forbidden in, in American jurisprudence, um, it's forbidden also in God's kingdom. God would be. And by the way, what what's what's uh, double jeopardy? Double jeopardy is when someone uh, is accused twice uh, or penalized twice for the same crime. And here's the deal. There is no double jeopardy in God's kingdom, just like there is no double jeopardy, or at least ought not to be, in the United States of America. God would be unholy to ask us to pay a penalty that Jesus already paid in our place. So God cannot judge Jesus at the cross with our sin and then judge us with punishment just like he judged Jesus. Jesus was judged with our punishment. Now God will correct us. God will redirect us. God will guide us. God will discipline and say, hey, you need to stop doing this. This is counterproductive. It's going to hurt you and harm you. You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org slash salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org slash salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.